Welcome, dance lovers, to Ask a Dancer with Stacey Morgan. Hello and welcome to this episode of Ask a Dancer, the podcast where we interview performers across a wide range of performing arts genres. My name is Stacey Morgan and I'm the Principal of Port Macquarie Performing Arts, a dance school on the mid-north coast of New South Wales. Today's guest on Ask a Dancer is the current company manager of the Queensland Ballet, Craig Cathcart. If you have a suggestion for a guest, someone you'd love us to interview, please make sure you get in touch. You can tweet us at, at @dancestacy and make sure you use the hashtag Ask a Dancer. We would love you to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and leave us a rating or review. This will help us share our love of dance with as many aspiring dancers as possible. Ask a Dancer is made possible with the support of Dance Around the World. Dance Around the World are the dance tour specialists and provide dancers and dance studios with the opportunity to see their name up in lights all over the world. Would you love to dance down Main Street Disneyland? perform on the Hollywood Walk of Fame or take class at the Abbey Lee Dance Centre, Dance Around the World can make that dream a reality. Get your dance teacher to contact Roz and her awesome staff by contacting them at dancearoundtheworld.com.au. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Ask a Dancer and now let's get Craig on the line. Okay, let's go. Current company manager with the Queensland Ballet, Craig Cathcart, how are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Good. It's so lovely to talk to you and so lovely to introduce you in your new role. Well, it's not really even new anymore. How long have you been at QB for? Um, I've been with QB almost 18 months. <gasps> Time flies, hey? It sure does. So, <laughs> yeah. obviously... Especially when you're on the super fast roller coaster of Lee Quintine. Oh, nice. It's, um, it's really interesting to talk to you um, because you've had such a an interesting career, an interesting transition from professional dancer into working for a company but behind the scenes. So I can't wait to talk to you about it. But we'll start at where you started dancing in your early years. I'd love to know who was one of your main influences in, in getting into dance and how you really got started in the dance world. Yep. Um, well, I started dancing when uh, I was five years old. Um, I was lucky enough to join the Australian Ballet as an extra when I was 10 years old. Um, And funnily enough, I'm featured in the Australian Ballet's DVD of Capalia (gasps) with Greg Horseman and Lisa Bavar. I know the one. um, As a child extra, yeah. Um, So, I mean, naturally at the time, Stephen Heathcote was my biggest mentor. Yeah. As well, the, uh, the other principal men. Uh, Greg Horseman, David McAllister, David Ushmole. I used to stand outside their dressing room and wait to speak to them after the show and get them to sign ballet shoes so that I could take them home and keep them in my mantle. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's such a good story because, you know, these are some of the people that you then went on to work with. That's such a beautiful coming full round story. Yeah, it is. I mean, Greg Horseman, I think, is uh, partly responsible for me moving into Queensland Ballet as company manager. So it's nice to now be working alongside him after so many years of looking up to him and in admiration. Fabulous. So as a student, standing outside those dressing room doors and getting shoes signed and and looking up to those uh, incredible male professional dancers, can you recall any tough situations in your training where 
sometimes you may have thought it was all too much or um, there were things that were getting yeah. you down. How did you get Any? through those tough situations? Just one. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got all day. Um, Go look, for it. Um, one, one that really springs to mind was um, at the end of my first year at uh, Australian Ballet School. Uh, I missed my family and my friends in Sydney and um, I actually begged my parents to take me home. No. And they were adamant. They told me that I wasn't old enough to make that sort of decision um, and that I had to wait until I'd completed the three years at the school. Wow. Um, and then I could do whatever I wanted with my life. But they had made extraordinary sacrifices to get me to Melbourne to begin with. And um, when they thought I was old enough at 18 um, to make that sort of decision, then I could be free to do that. And so how did you go very, going back to class that tough, second year? It was a very tough time. Huh? Yeah. Going back to class that second year after you're begging mum and dad to take you home and then going, okay, no, I've got two more years to go. How did you get yeah. through that? Well, actually, it was I, – I said I, you know, I respect my parents enormously and um, I – committed myself completely to the school for those next two years yeah. and actually I topped the class um, for that entire second year. Uh, it was probably the most challenging. Um, I learned a lot about my own technique and who I was as a person yep. um, and just knew that you know potentially this could be the last two years that I do this. Yeah. So I had nothing to lose. That's so awesome. I love I love a great story about committing to something and and then following it through. Because yeah. I think sometimes when when the going gets tough, it's it's easy it's easy to kind of go, Okay, it mustn't be for me, it mustn't be where I'm meant to be. But if you have that determination and that drive to push through those difficult moments, it's incredible what you can achieve on the other side. Yeah, yeah. So once you graduated, you were offered a contract with the company. What was that moment like when you found out that this, these are the people that I, these are the dressing rooms I had stood outside of as a child and the yeah. people I'd looked up to and now suddenly I'm going to have my name on that dressing room door? Yeah, um, well, uh, I was lucky enough to get a contract at the end of my three years at uh, Australian Ballet School. And um, I remember going into the meeting. It was one-on-one. -on -one. It's the director at the time, uh, Miss Galen Stock. Um, I, to be honest, didn't feel very confident. Um, I was, you know, 17, 18 years old, and I suffered, you know, huge self-esteem issues, um, not thinking I was good enough. Um, and Miss Doc and I talked a lot about, uh, about different possibilities, um, what I could potentially do, where I could audition and, um, you know, what sort of direction I wanted my life to take. Um, and then I sort of thought, okay, well, that's it, the meeting's over. And then just as I was about to get up and leave, she pulled the envelope um, from underneath her desk with the offer of employment and <gasps> congratulated me on getting the job with Australian Ballet. So I was... Crying enormously, yeah. the kind of embarrassing, moaning, crying. <laughs> um, and she hugged me and congratulated me and I left the office. So it was, yeah. Oh, that's so All a bit of a surprise. Yeah. Do you remember what your first, um, the, when you stepped into the company, what repertoire was up first? Uh, it was Don Quixote, actually. Oh, gorgeous. Um, which we had previously done on the dancers' company tour. So there wasn't cool. a lot of 
um, learning new material uh, initially. Nice. So you um, felt so quite comfortable. Of, yeah, it was. It, it was quite confident. Uh, I was quite confident going into the first year, knowing the repertoire already for the first three months. Oh, excellent! Mm. But I bet then, as you progressed through the company, there were roles that you had to play that you hadn't uh, learnt before, and, and learning some new material. What motivated yeah. you to continue on those hard days where you had to learn lots of new things, and you're in a new environment, yeah. working with new people? Um, well, yeah, it's only natural, I think, as a dancer to have those tough days. Yeah. Um, there's a like constant competitiveness um, that you have with yourself to always be better. Um, and, uh, you know, in those times, the the other dancers in the company who, you know, become not just your colleagues but lifelong friends um, end up being the biggest support. Yeah. Um, you know, those days you can just look across the room at somebody else and without even talking, you just know exactly what each other are thinking. Um, and it's sort of that reassurance that you're not alone um, in the way that you feel yeah. uh, really helps, you know, m- motivate and um, continue to push on and achieve, um, you know, and to be better. Yeah. You went on to have a fabulous career with the Australian Ballet Company. Uh, do you have any roles that stand out, favourite performances, yeah. favourite venues, anything that kind of comes to mind? Many, many. Um, it, it is honestly so hard to um, pick just one over 15 years um, of such extraordinary opportunity. Um uh, but certainly working with Cynthia Harvey, who wow. cast me in um, the first cast of Peasant Punter and Hilarion uh, in her restaging of Giselle, Giselle. Um, was certainly a highlight. Um, Amazing. I remember growing up, like uh, watching her on DVD and idolizing her yep. and uh, that macabre Rishnikov version that she so famously danced with, mm-hmm. ABT. Um, and then, you know, the next thing I knew, I was in the studio uh, with her coaching me and mentoring. And now she's a friend. I like I can she uh, you know helps console me when I'm struggling to understand certain things. Um, so, yeah, her version of Giselle and Sleeping Beauty certainly um, uh, at the forefront. Um, but also, you know, a lot of the Killian ballets, I danced six and seven, uh, six or seven of those. Yeah. Um, and uh, the stager who used to come and put those on was uh, Rosalind Anderson. And uh, again, she picked me when I was 21 to do Petit Mort. Um, which is a very uh, famous ballet. Yep. And uh, when I continued my career overseas in Norway, she used to stage Killian ballets there too. So there was this continuation all the way through my career. Oh, beautiful. Where she um, yeah, helped uh, coach and mentor me. Um, and, you know, it's not always just about the repertoire. It's actually the people that you get to work with while you work on the ballets mm. um, that help it, you know, to become the experience that it is. Awesome. Yeah. I'm so jealous. Oh. (laughs) So I have to ask you, is there a performance in particular that you remember that was either really awful or really fabulous that stands out in your career that you kind of think and go, oh, I remember that and that feeling on stage? Yeah. Yeah. Um, The very last uh, Triple Bell uh, that I performed in, um, I was scheduled to have uh, surgery about three weeks after and I knew – and had come to the realization that I may not dance anymore mm-hmm. after that surgery. And so I gave it my all. Um, it was a triple bell of Balanchine Symphony in C, 
are Tetley's Right of Spring and Killian's 2752. Wow. Um, yeah, very challenging ballets, uh, and I performed in all three in soloist roles. Um, and it was certainly one of the most challenging but most rewarding experiences in my career. Fabulous. Yeah. So that was in Norway? That was in Norway. And yeah. did you go straight from the Australian Ballet Company to Norway, and how did that kind I of did. all um, come I, about? I was lucky enough to actually be offered a job in Norway while I was still dancing with Australian Ballet. Um, the artistic director um, had offered me a position, and I turned it down to start with. Um, but just always sort of kept in contact, um, the curiosity of what was going on up there. I knew that they danced amazing repertoire. Um, and then when I got to the point where I wanted to leave Australian Ballet, um, I took him up on the offer of employment and went over there. So I left in December 2006 from Australian Ballet and joined in February in Norway um, Yeah, in 2007. Wow. And so how long was it before you were injured? Um, oh, uh, I think um, I think it was right at the end. So yeah, about five years after I'd been there. Um, but the the in, like the injury that I suffered, it was not something that took me off immediately. It was a long um, process out. of uh, being off for a short period of time, and yeah. then a little bit longer, and then a bit longer. So the balance between being in the studio and in rehabilitating was uh, getting shorter. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so can I ask how you knew that it was time to hang up your shoes? Was that really obvious or was it something that kind of grew on you or did you have a moment where you went, this um, is it? Uh, it wasn't actually um, – no, it wasn't like a split decision, uh, split-second decision. It, it's in an enormous – an enormously long uh, process. I think it took about four years before, from the moment I thought, okay, maybe this is the end, uh, when I actually made the transition. Um, and if you think of it like it's, it's like grieving, um, it's it's a, an enormous process that you go through. Absolutely. Every emotion, um, because you do commit so much of who you are into it, um, that you know you can't just make a decision like that on a whim yeah um it has to be really thought through and you know and also um to prepare yourself for what is going to lie on the other side and now you're taking a behind the scenes role at the queensland ballet how is it yeah. being on the other side getting to work in one of the most progressive and exciting ballet yeah. companies that are on the globe at the moment you must yeah. have so much going on um that, well, that was a complete surprise, to be honest. Um, I had studied uh, in the last three years of my career in Norway um, a postgraduate education. Um, so I knew that I would wanted to move into um, the management side of the business. Yeah. But obviously the opportunities aren't there. Um, I actually started teaching um, and working in retail. Um, and then, yeah, just this opportunity came up completely by surprise. Um, and you're right, it is... It's so exciting. It's fast. Uh, it's progressive. Um, Lee has some very bold visions, and I feel like I'm running a race almost every day. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I've really used my experience as a dancer to relate to how QB operates. Um, it's moving so quickly here that there wasn't actually even a company manager position three years ago. Wow. Um, so a lot of the systems in place have a, they've only been recently implemented. 
um, since I've been lucky enough to um, actually instigate my own, uh, which seems to be working um, quite well. Nice. So um, uh, but, you know, being so close to the dancers, I, you know, I had a lot of disappointment um, and struggles, and I often question why a lot of things were happening. And so I try to encourage them to, you know, ask a lot of questions um, to be clear in their motives and what they want to be able to achieve and just generally be honest um, and not to take things personally, of course. That's a big one. <laughs> because so, sometimes, you know, decisions are made that they just can't control. Yes. Yeah. Um, for whatever reason. And that's the hard, yeah. that's the hardest part about the business, but it's it's a nice metaphor for life as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So for because people... The, I mean, the, like, being a dancer is it's a life commitment. It's, you can't just do it between the hours of nine and five. Yeah. Switch I off. Mean, yeah, it's a it's a full time it's a full life commitment. Yeah. And who better to understand that than someone that's been a dancer themselves? Hmm. For people who don't understand well, the role of a company manager in a ballet company, uh, can you give us a, a day in the life or some of the things that you're in charge of? Yeah. Um, okay. So the first thing is, or the most basic stuff is. Um, uh, reporting to the staff if any of the dancers are away for whatever reason, sickness or illness. Um, uh, responsible for, gosh, liaising between all of the other departments um, because the artistic staff spend so much time in the studio um, and the business side of the building um, and getting that information to and from uh, the artistic staff and to the business staff and sort of being that middle person. Um, and also just the general like coordination and uh, of the dancers, moving them from point A to B, mm-hmm. making them sure they making sure they know how to do that, um, and what they're doing when they get there. Yep. Um, but also just uh, the uh, creative people that come to stage our productions. I negotiate their contracts and uh, write all um, those agreements up, so they know when they're going to be in Brisbane, where they're going to be staying. Um, I've got an amazing assistant who is responsible for booking all of their uh, travel arrangements. And so it's quite the it, it's quite a broad um, responsibility. Yeah, yeah not, and incredibly not, complex. Not necessarily with the dancers of the company, but yeah, also with all of the other creative people who get to come to Brisbane. Awesome. So what's coming up next for QB? We are working on um, Tutus on Tour, uh, which we open in um, our studios in West End, um, and we have 10 performances. Uh, and then immediately after the final show, we pack the truck and we take it on the road around regional Queensland. Great. And, yeah, with the company splitting into two, and uh, we go to about 20 towns in Queensland, regional Queensland, from Longreach to Mount Isa, uh, Capella, uh, Far North is uh, Cairns, um, yeah, Logan. So, yeah, there's, yeah it's, it's, a, it's quite a big program. That's so awesome. So exciting to hear that you're doing such great things and with an, such an exciting company. Best of luck for the tour. In wrapping up, have you got a message that if you could go back and tell your 12-year-old self, you would be able to, to let them know? That kid that's waiting at stage door, what would you tell him? Um... I would say don't worry. Mm-hmm. Just trust everything will be okay. Uh, I heard Oprah say that once and it yep. really rang like clear to me. Um, 
as a dancer, I spent so much time worrying. I had all of the usual insecurities. Am I good enough? Why didn't I get cast? Do they like me? And I think I would just say to myself, look, don't worry. Just trust the people um, that are working around you and just dance. Yep. Yeah. I love it. Do you have any attributes that you think young dancers need to have in order to make it as a professional? Uh, yeah, obviously a good mixture of uh, the body and the mind. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, ballet is made up of a series of lines um, that yeah, that it creates. Uh, dancers have to have a beautiful arabesque, strong pointed feet, uh, natural centre, uh, an instinctual awareness of how their body moves. Um, that, of course, comes from having a strong mind. Um, uh, that they're not afraid to create and work and want to achieve what the industry expects of them. Uh, they have to be able to uh, like take direction, yep. uh, apply feedback, and just trust in themselves, most, most importantly. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us That's today okay. on Ask a Dancer, Craig. It's so great You're to welcome. talk to you. Do you have a message you'd love to leave with our aspiring dancers? Uh, yeah. Um, I would say, look... Uh, it's sort of cliche, but work hard and dream big. Um, there's no harm in having a to-do list of things you want to achieve. Uh, the only trouble with that is that people get carried away. Uh, you have to develop a really uh, good understanding of yourself, your weaknesses and your strengths, and really set your mind to what is achievable. Um, don't be afraid to ask for advice uh, because more often than not, um, people... People around you will have done it all before, mm-hmm. um, and people want to help too. Yeah, uh, and it's 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 sometimes not what you want to hear, but perhaps it's because it wasn't supposed to be in the first place. Um, I, I sort of tend to think that it's not about inventing the wheel because that's already been done before. Yeah, uh, but it's rather about creating a duplicate wheel that you can proudly say is your own. Beautifully said. Craig Kaka from the Queensland Ballet, thank you so much for joining us on us. Got a question for one of our dance stars? Tweet your question to at dance Q&A with the hashtag AskADancer. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Ask a Dancer. We're doing our very best to make sure these episodes get to you as regularly as possible. So please share this episode if you've enjoyed it with all of your dance friends. If you have any burning questions you'd like me to ask one of our dance stars or if you have a dance star you'd like to nominate, please make sure you get in touch. You can tweet me at DanceStacy and always make sure you use the hashtag AskADancer. We would love it if you would leave us a rating or review on iTunes. Jump on there and leave a comment and I can get back to you. This really helps us reach as many people as possible. And a big special thanks to our friends at Dance Around the World. They are the dance tour specialists and they make this podcast possible. Don't forget to get in touch with Dance Around the World if you and your dance friends would love to take your dance group overseas. Get your dance teacher to contact them and next minute you'll be dancing on Broadway, seeing the sights of Euro Disney or taking class at Pineapple Studios. Thanks so much for tuning in and I look forward to talking to you very soon on Ask a Dancer. Thanks for listening to Ask a Dancer with Stacey Morgan. Get in touch with us at WPMPA.co or at Dance Q&A on Twitter.